This is Andrew Schultz. I'm the sales manager for CHS Ag Services. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good afternoon, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Tyler uh, Donaldson in studio. We'll also hear from Whitney Pittman. She's uh, on the road today at the Sugar Beet Research Reporting Session. The winter storm that uh, swept through the Midwest, dumping nearly a foot of snow in Sioux Falls. The two-day snowfall total ranks in the top five for the month of January. Sioux Falls National Weather Service meteorologist Matthew Myers says the worst is behind us. Good news about the storm is that actually most of it's pretty much out of here at this point. I will still be seeing things kind of trend down through the rest of today, but the, the worst is definitely behind us at this point. Meyer says the colder temps are expected in the near future. Much more quiet for, for this week. We do have a couple of uh, isolated changes for some light snow, but it'll be nothing like what we saw, nothing really remotely impactful. The main uh, impact will be Arctic air coming down from Canada for the end of the week, where we'll be seeing highs fall to the single digits and even maybe even potentially get dipping to around zero or so, maybe just a touch below zero. And with temperatures that cold, any amount of wind will generate wind chills, which could be below minus 20 at times. December is warm weathers behind us as we enter the coldest part of the year in the Red River Valley. Grand Forks National Weather Service meteorologist Vince Godin warns that snow is expected in the near future. There will be some snow moving into the area starting uh, probably by daybreak tomorrow morning and continuing into Thursday. And it looks like as far as amounts go, anywhere between one and three inches from here, Grand Forks over toward Devil's Lake and then up toward Pembina, St. Vincent. According area. to Godin, the weather might not stick around as long as was anticipated. It's actually supposed to be fairly short-lived. I know by the end of the month and early February, we're talking about switching back to above normal temperatures again so it does look like it'll be fairly fairly brief. Two powerful winter storms will be impacting the Midwest into Saturday with heavy snow expected with each system. Four to nine inches of snow will likely fall today from Iowa through northeastern Missouri through northern Illinois and Wisconsin. World Weather Incorporated says another round of six to twelve inches of snow will be seen Thursday through Saturday for Illinois, Wisconsin and Michigan. The rest of the Midwest could receive up to six inches of snow. The northern plains will miss out on the heavy snow, but there will be some snow shower activity occurring most days. World weather says bitter cold temps will occur across the northern plains with daytime highs by Saturday in the minus teens and 20s in the west, negative single digits in the east. There was standing room only for the Sugar Beet Research and Reporting Session with over 200 in attendance. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman is in Fargo and has the report. David Mettler, research agronomist with Southern Minnesota Beet Sugar Cooperative, presented some research. What were some of the, the big takeaways from 2023 here that you were presenting today? Yeah, so we are actually looking at some older herbicides that have been used previously in sugar beets, Eptam and Roni. And really the big takeaway is that we are really resurrecting some of these older products because of, you know, we're not really getting any new products, right? And we're trying to figure out how to control some of these uh, water hemp populations that are resistant to glyphosate and how we can do that in more diverse um, environments where we don't have the proper rainfall for our pre-emerge herbicides. In 2023, of course, proper rainfall was hard to come by in, in Minnesota, the whole state and in other places as well. But uh, what were some of the, the big things that you saw here? 
Right. So big takeaway is that Eptam and Roni worked really well on controlling water hemp populations in a time when we didn't get that adequate rainfall, like you said, uh, compared to ethofumazate or Nortron. And so I think these products are very viable in the future, and we're going to continue to look at those in comparison to using ethofumazate or Nortron and how farmers can utilize those in years where Nortron might not work well. And what were some of the the payoffs? You talked a couple opportunity costs that people kind of have to keep an eye out for. Right, so Eptam and Roni can cause some sugar beet injury, but the pro to that is that we can incorporate Eptam and Roni and we know that they're going to be active in controlling water hemp. In comparison to ethofumazate, if you incorporate that, you still need to have rainfall in order for it to activate and actually control your water hemp population. So the con is you can have some injury, but the pro is you know you're going to control the water hemp. All right. So coming up in 2024, what are some things you're looking forward to looking more into or continuing on or even new, new projects here this summer? Right, so in terms of water hemp control, we are going to continue to look at Eptam and Roni because this was just one trial in one year, so we're going to continue to look at that. But we're also going to look at it in a holistic program, right? So we're going to look at it alone, Eptam and Roni, in combination with ethofumazate uh, pre, but also looking at some of the newer equipment, right? This hasn't been used since the 90s widely, and so equipment has changed. We want to know what the best incorporation practices are for these products now compared to back when it was used more widely. All right, well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. Again, David Mettler joining us on the Red River Farm Network. American Sugar Beet Growers Association Vice President of Science and Innovation, Nicholas Storer, is in Fargo. It's his second week on the job. Storer is looking forward to helping sugar beet growers across the country with his new Washington, D.C.-based job. Yeah, so my hope is to translate some of the, this um, amazing science into something that, that the uh, politicals can understand, that regulators can understand, understand the benefits that, that the research is bringing to the sugar beet community, as well as the, the ways that the, the regulators can, can maybe ease the path towards successful deployment of, of new technologies that will support sugar beet growers as well as U.S. agriculture in general. Store says available research is surprising. One thing that I found unexpected was the, the level of research, the depth of research, and the quality of the research that's being dedicated to sugar beet production. Um, it's a small crop in, in, uh, in the, the big picture of the United States, but um, it's attracting a, a lot of really good researchers, a lot of uh, really good research dollars. Saturday is the deadline to apply for USDA's Discrimination Financial Assistance Program. The Inflation Reduction Act provided $2.2 billion for farmers who experienced discrimination in USDA farm loan programs before 2021. The previous application deadline was at the end of October, but that was extended. The USDA said there will be no further extensions to the deadline. Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. The winter storm in the nation's midsection is impacting the movement of cattle and hogs today. Pluto Commodities market analyst Dominic Verricchio says cattle weights may also be coming down. I know feeding conditions are not great. They weren't great coming into this winter storm. You know, here down in Kansas City along I-70, we spent a lot of time at only 35 degrees, so the ground never really froze up. So coming into this winter storm, we were really, really wet, really damp, and now we've just put a whole bunch of snow <laughs> on top of it. So, yeah, pen conditions would suggest that the, the weights are topping and going to top, and I think the cattle are taking that into account today. 
Cattle and hog futures are trending higher today. According to Brian Hoops of Midwest Market Solutions, the credit goes to Mother Nature. As far as the cattle market goes, you know, I think we're getting a lot of support coming out of um, this weather that's moving through a lot of the plains. We're having disruptions as far as the cattle kills in Nebraska, parts of Kansas as well. They just can't, can't afford to have a truck on the road with these uh, animals trying to get to a slaughter facility and, and have them stranded out there. This scenario is positive to the markets in the short term. But in the big picture, our, our fundamentals are still very negative for cattle. We have negative packer margins. Box beef seemingly just cannot find a bottom. And I think packers will try and slow some kill speeds and, and probably use uh, the snowstorm as an excuse to cut kills keep people home and, and not working, and that should help to regain some of their margins. So I think your cash markets may suffer over the next couple of weeks. Much of Brazil and southern Paraguay will see a good mix of rain and sunshine over the next two weeks. World Weather Incorporated says rains will fall frequently enough to a slow field work at times, with periods of drying that will allow field work to advance. Argentina will continue to see mostly favorable conditions for crop development with regular rounds of both sunshine and rain. Corn Growers Association presidents have gathered in Missouri this week to collaborate on issues impacting growers across the country. North Dakota Corn Growers Association Executive Director Brenda Elmer says discussion is diverse. And so we're talking about things like the Next Generation Fuels Act. We're talking about that darn farm bill that cannot get passed yet. And uh, if that's going to happen in this year, it's been extended or if they're going to have to extend it again. And what that does for uh, just uh, farmers having some sense of, you know, uh, being able to plan around that and some reliability. All of those issues, very important. Um, of course, ethanol is in there and trade. Trade is a, a big one that a lot of our corn producers don't think that uh, enough is being uh, done for and paid attention to in Washington. Despite a late start to planting, a record sugar beet crop was seen this past year. Extension sugar beet specialist Tom Peters continues to look back at that success. Well, it's still um, interesting to me how we got to the yields and quality that we got to. We're still not exactly sure how that all happened. Uh, remember, we didn't plant in April. I think most of our fields, if not all of our fields, were planted in, in May or even maybe later than May. I think for most people, and I know I'm going to Get some, I know there's people that will disagree with me, but for most people, we had just on-time rain. It wasn't an overabundance, but generally when you re really needed rain, you got it. At today's Sugar Beet Research reporting session in Fargo, Peter said he is still concerned about weed control. I'm worried a lot about kochia, and those that are listening already know that I'm worried about water hemp. So we have some formidable challenges to, to try to back up last year's yield with uh, the 2024 yield, 2024, 2024 crop. 
With the closure of the Crookston Inn and Convention Center, Wednesday's Small Grains Update meeting will be held at the Northwest Research and Outreach Center on the University of Minnesota campus. The program begins with lunch at noon. Again, please note the new location for this meeting. Truterra has announced its programs for the year, including the expanded eligibility for its carbon program to include long-term adopters of conservation practices. Truterra's carbon program can help farmers offset some of the technical and financial costs associated with a transition in farming practices. Farmers with corn, soybeans, wheat, and cotton can earn up to 30 bucks per metric ton of carbon stored with a minimum of two bucks per acre. This is the Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Research reporting sessions are underway in Fargo. NDSU Extension Research Entomologist Mark Botel says growing seasons with early heat armyworms and cutworms can be a challenge. Dollar for dollar, if we can get another acquisition in North Army Dakota, South Dakota. I unfortunately experienced as well in my own plots this past year. So uh, there, there were a fair amount last year. If we have a, uh, a warm start up to the growing season or after it finally gets going, all those heat units, we, we got to watch out for that. If it gets uh, weed infestations really going, the weeds pop up, uh, they can be attractive to those pests. Uh, springtails and wireworms are uh, the early season pests we need to watch out for too, early season shortly after planting. Early heat caused other problems as well that could impact rootworm populations next season. That the root maggot flies peaked about a week earlier than normal, so we had small seedlings. Uh, we had some sort of wild, wacky weather in June, too, that complicated post-emergence uh, insecticide applications. So maybe the control, at least what I was seeing in grower fields, I raided uh, almost 40 grower fields for root injury, and what I saw was control was, on, I would say, on the average, not as successful as we would have hoped. So there's a little... Uh, elevated risk in some locations for uh, coming going into 2024. Checking markets again. We are continuing with some higher prices today. Minneapolis wheat March four cents better, 706 and a quarter. Chicago wheat March 15 and a quarter higher, and KC wheat uh, 13 cent gain for March. March corn uh, nickel higher 460. March soybeans 1248 and three quarters, a gain of three and a quarter cents. The canola futures March at uh, uh, price in at six twenty-four thirty Canadian. That's seven dollars ninety cents higher. Cattle futures: the February live cattle a dollar two higher, one seventy ninety-seven. Feeder cattle for January now twenty-two cents higher, two twenty-four ten. There's a market that started higher, backed off, and now we're turned to higher once again. And hogs were a dollar ninety higher for February, seventy-two fifty. This weather making it uh, nearly impossible to be moving hogs to the packer today, and that's uh, impacting uh, this marketplace. And of course, uh, checking the Dow right now, down one hundred fifty-one points. Small grain update meetings going on across uh, Northwest Minnesota tomorrow in Ada, starting at eight a.m. and in uh, Crookston tomorrow. Uh, again, uh, note the new location. They're going to be at the uh, Northwest Research and Outreach Center on the UMC campus. Have a great day. This is the Red River Farm Network.